Hello and welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast Show, episode number 50. Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Diogen Tirandekura. On this show, you will discover the realities, the successes and the struggles of business management and information technology consultants in the fast-moving B2B world. So stay tuned if you want to know more about what it takes to have a consulting lifestyle. Consulting Fundamentals this is a 10-episode series that is starting right now at episode 50. And today, the subject that we, will, uh, that we will tackle is what is a consultant? So we will actually go to the core of what does define being a consultant. If you listen to the podcast for the first time, the goal of Consulting Lifestyle is, uh, is double. So the first one is to uh, talk to the person that I was 10 years ago, meaning a person that was starting in an industry to which he had no idea about. And also, I did not have access to a network of people uh, in my uh, around my friends or around the friends of my parents who would provide me with advice on what is the job of a consultant and how I can perform as a consultant. That's one person. The second person is me today. I still want, in spite of my experience, I know that I still need and still want to learn more. And this is why I have had so far a lot of interviews. I do think that those interviews provide different perspectives, um, different opinions, um, different business models that can be applied in the world of a consultant. And the lifestyle part is to show that we can have as consultants any type of lifestyle that we want. So let's start with the subject of the, of the episode. What is a consultant? And I will first start by uh, giving, giving you a definition of what is a consultant. And that definition is in two parts. Uh, the first one, the source of it is a book that I have, that I have read um, about four years ago, and that is called The Consulting Bible. And in this book, uh, in one of the first pages of the book, the role of a consultant is actually mentioned in a very, very simple sentence. And that is that the consultant improves a client's condition. The role of a consultant is to improve a client's condition. I will add to that something else. I will add to that that the consultant provides expert advice on a specific area. Let's break down the definition that I have just provided. So the first part is about the fact that the role of the consultant is improving a client's condition. So you go from point A before you call upon the services of the consultant and you reach point B after the consultant has provided uh, her or his uh, services. And there has to be an improvement. So it cannot be just stagnation. It cannot be a, uh, a worsening of the situation. It has to be a, it has to be an improvement. And on the, sec the second part of the, of the definition, which is providing expert advice in a specific area, there are two, um, there are two keywords, uh, in my opinion, is expert and area. So 
basically expert. What is an expert? Usually we think that the expert has to be, um, and I, when I say we, I think I include myself a little bit in my upbringing. Uh, I'm thinking that an expert is a know-it-all person or someone that is necessarily the the number one or the number two in its um uh, in its in its industry but the expert is just has to be or uh, is just an organization that knows more than what i know or than what my organization knows in the specific area of interest so what i what what i mean by that is that if i call upon the services of a an expert in financial uh, corporate financial performance i don't have to necessarily have someone that know it all i don't necessarily have to have uh, someone that is the number one in the industry or the number two in the industry i can be very good my services can be uh, my needs can be fulfilled as a as a client company if i work with uh, the consultant that is ranked number 500 i'm just completely uh, uh, completely making it up the other the other keyword there is specific area so an area and that area can be a lot of different things and it's i will dedicate uh, another episode which will be based on what a consultant what can we consult on so uh, on on what can we get b2b uh, uh, consulting services but i will address it in another episode of the consulting fundamentals another question that you might ask yourself and to me that is part of what does define uh, a consultant is why a client meaning a a company or a, a not for profit organization would call upon a consultant I see, I distinguish three great families of reasons as to why we would call a consultant. The first family of reasons is the fact that the service that is required from a consultant is not part of the core business of the client. So, for example, in my case, I am a digital transformation consultant uh, and I have uh, participated in a lot of uh, uh, software implementation, so uh, ERP or CRM uh, implementations. And in none of my clients, the the core business of the client was not to implement a system or to run a specific uh, a, a specific software. But the, the the software will help them to better run their core operations. So you will have, for example, a, a company in the chemical industry or the pharmaceutical industry that requires a consultant that does not. It is not because uh, myself or other people uh, in the project team have been working for six months or two years with a pharmaceutical client that does not transform us all of a sudden into pharmacist or pharmacologist. Uh, it, it is not. A, it's just not possible. The second family of reason, and uh, that is uh, very related to the first family of reason, is the fact that it is a temporary need rather than a permanent operation. So, having an um, having an accountant in a big uh, in a big company is a uh, a permanent 
uh, a permanent need, so it's ongoing uh, ongoing operation. But a temporary need could be, for example, uh, I will take again my example is the uh, implementation of a software. It is a um, usually a once in a lifetime uh, uh, ex- execution exercise that is being made, even though that exercise can be long. It could be a uh, uh, three weeks as well as it could be a, a one year, and it can have a, a long term um, long term effect uh, on the future of the company. But it is still a temporary need, and because you have a temporary need, you don't want necessarily to hire new permanent staff. So you would want to either have temporary staff, and uh, or you can call uh, external uh, external consultant to do it. So uh, very very often it is uh, it is the case. So uh, very often consultants are here uh, to solve the problem, and therefore um, that problem has to have a uh, an expiration date. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, after the problem is solved, the client may not have may not need the consultant. But that leads me to uh, to explain what is the third family of reasons. Uh, even though, by nature, the the work of the consultant should be temporary, you have a lot of organizations that do continuous improvement, and that is valid in any uh, in any industry. And therefore, if in an organization you have a philosophy of continuous improvement, meaning that you know that uh, you cannot just um, uh, keep the status quo forever you know that you will always have to uh, to improve either as a either as an employee or either as a as an executive or as an organization therefore you may, you may constant constantly need uh, the services of a consultant in a specific area so these are the three family of reasons for which uh, very often clients need to call upon a consultant the fact that the the need is not in their core business the fact that it is a temporary need and the fact that the organization, the client organization, keeps doing continuous improvement. After having spoken about the definition of a consultant and uh, why customers will call a consultant, I will now explain what it is not. So it's a little bit the opposite. And the the first thing, and well, that's one big misconception that sometimes we have with a consultant, is that they are not decision makers. You are not a consultant to make decisions for the client or to make decisions uh, on behalf of the client. Usually you don't. You might have to make uh, decisions or only provide uh, one alternative to the client when the risk of, of not going with uh, with your option is way too big and will definitely negatively uh, affect your client or when there is a legal or compliance uh, requirement uh, behind the uh, behind the decision however in general what does a consultant do is that they provide the advice they provide the recommendations uh, they explain uh, those uh, uh, those recommendations and they explain the consequences of taking them and not taking them and then they let the decision to the client. Another thing is that a consultant is not a coach. There is a difference between consulting and coaching, even though it is pretty blur. What I want to say, uh, and I'm uh, usually uh, in in the literature, you will see that uh, we uh, we say that the the coach 
helps their client to come up with the right questions or the right thinking. And the, the consultant is here to provide, uh, as I just said, uh, recommendations and uh, different possible uh, solutions. However, I slightly disagree because I think uh, at a certain level, uh, the consultant also has to be uh, a coach. Uh, you cannot just um, make the research on your side and come up then with uh, uh, recommendations for the client. You also need to make them understand how you came up uh, to those uh, uh, to those recommendations. Whether on and and we should not uh, be afraid of. Uh, um, by saying that, by seeing how we came up with those uh, with those uh, uh, recommendations, now maybe our clients will not need us anymore. No, I do think that actually is the opposite effect that it will give is that the client will actually trust us uh, even um, uh, even more and uh, and value our our expertise even more with the fact that we are transparent as to how we come up with recommendations uh, and solution. But there is a difference between consulting and coaching and uh, it happens a lot that uh, um, professionals that have been uh, in consulting for uh, some years they uh, afterwards become uh, become coach now the other aspect i want to approach is um, and it's maybe more for junior people or people that have uh, uh, that are already experienced workers but have uh, but are thinking about starting in uh, in consulting is whether or not do you need a degree to be a consultant and my answer is no, but no per se, you don't need a degree, uh, but uh, for sure in B2B consulting, uh, I have, I, you will see that uh, um, a, uh, a, a corporate uh, finance consultant very often has a finance background uh, from school, uh, whether it is a uh, uh, accounting, auditing, but uh, very often they would have a, a background there. Um, an uh, oil and gas uh, consultant might have uh, uh, studied uh, petroleum uh, engineering. So um, no per se, you don't need, you don't have to have uh, a degree uh, to, be a, to be a consultant, but depending on what you want to consult on, it will be highly recommended to to maybe have a, a a degree in the in the industry or in the area you want to uh, to consult on, um, but also and I think that is more and more uh, it is increasingly important and uh, it starts to be actually more important than degrees. It's certifications. Certifications uh, by certification, what I mean is that it's it's not necessarily degrees, but uh, it's courses or manuals that uh, you have uh, uh, that you have taken and you have made an exam and you passed it uh, with a certain uh, with a certain grade and then you get a certificate i'm thinking for example at uh, if you want to be a uh, project man project management consultant it is very good if you have a certification in PMP, which is uh, the Project Management Professional Certification, uh, or sometimes in Europe you will see also a, a Prince 2 uh, that is uh, highly recommended. Uh, if in my case uh, you want to be an ERP consultant, it is very important to have certifications uh, in the in the ERP or CRM that uh, you want to consult on. So, uh, for example, I have a uh, I have been um, I am an SAP consultant since 13 years, and I have a, a certification in materials management. Um, certification may not uh, 
be more important than experience, but they they are a proof, a little bit like a degree actually. They are a proof uh, uh, that you you have gone through uh, a part of uh, uh, what you want the the what you want the the to to help the client with. So uh, that is um, uh, that is very important, and I do think that it will uh, overtake the importance of degrees. Uh, by the way, there are already uh, today uh, some huge companies uh, that have mentioned that. Um, they will not make a degree-based hiring. Companies such as Tesla, owned by uh, Elon Musk, uh, Apple, Netflix, they have been public about the fact that you, as a, as an applicant, do not require anymore to have a four-year degree to be able to work there. And I do think that this will be uh, uh, increasingly valid in the world of consulting. And uh, already today, uh, experience uh, matters uh, a bit matters more than uh, certifications and degree. And um, at some point, I think that the, the the certifications will still matter, but the degree will be uh, uh, less and less uh, less and less important. So it's important to keep that uh, to keep that in mind. So this will conclude the episode. Uh, we have um, spoken about four aspects on uh, what is a consultant. So first one is the definition. Uh, second is why uh, customers will call upon a consultant, uh, what a consultant isn't, uh, and also do you need a degree to become a uh, B2B, uh, a B2B consultant. So this was Diogentiran Decoura, digital transformation consultant myself, uh, working with the uh, software such as uh, SAP, uh, Paragon ERP, HubSpot, and uh, also Microsoft uh, Dynamics. And if you made it this far, thank you for uh, listening to that uh, uh, first episode of the series. Uh, let me know what you think uh, about it. Uh, this is always something, uh, some content that would be um, that can be improved. Uh, even though I have my idea about the next uh, nine episode of the Consulting Fundamental series, but I am very looking forward for your uh, your feedback. You can always uh, let me know what you think about it, uh, either on LinkedIn or by leaving a, a review uh, on uh, on Apple or uh, or Stitcher. So I'm looking forward for the second part of the Consulting Fundamental series that will be released next week. And in the meantime, I tell you, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes if you have enjoyed the episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified to hear other episodes with your host, Diogène Tirandecoura.